One of the things that has me so frustrated with this news cycle is that we're basically seeing a mirror image of Russiagate that now it's kind of a mirror image. I mean, they're accusing Trump of some scandal, but Trump trying to investigate the origins of the Mueller probe is now being accused of what the Democrats actually did. And it's a fact. And you've got people in the media calling it all a conspiracy theory. And I find it really, really funny. They're claiming that Rudy Giuliani is shopping around some packet of conspiracy theories or something. And it's, and it's hilarious because that's literally what they did. CNN reported on this dossier, which had all this information, which turned out to be mostly false. The frustrating thing about it, it's hard to figure out what's going on at this point. Now, CNN blames Fox News. They actually state that, you know, you have Oliver Darcy, a media reporter, saying that Fox News uh, CEO should know that poison is his contribution to society. And, he, and they talk about the reality distortion field, about Trump's media allies, And in fact, CNN is putting out lies and conspiracies and trash, and they've done so for a long time. So instead of trying to sit here and just, you know, figure out which mirror version of reality is the correct one, I'll simply point out there probably isn't one. Media often is about trust. Do you think someone is telling you the truth? And I can tell you definitively CNN is not telling you the truth. And I'm going to show you a ton of examples about how they lie and manipulate. Now, there are good reporters that exist. Local journalism tends to be pretty good. But CNN is tabloid trash, toxic, poisonous garbage. I'd like to say this to CNN's media reporters when they point to Fox News. You are quite literally a black pot living in a glass house. So you should watch your words, because now I'm going to go through a ton of stories about how CNN pushes complete trash. Before we get started, Head over to TimCast.com slash Dunnit if you'd like to support my work because I actually compete with these with these outlets. So here's the thing. YouTube props up these big corporate channels. They're more likely to recommend them. And that means if I'm going to, I don't know, do a takedown and present, just at least I'll say this, okay? While CNN is far from a conspiratorial nonsense fake news website, they do put out a lot of, you know, bad information. It's, it's, it's relatively bad. So I, I want to make sure, you know, I say there are good people at CNN. There, you know, there are people who do their job. And I don't want to act like they're just making everything up all the time. But the reality is CNN and Fox News are basically the exact same thing. So to act like they're not, it's a lie. And that's what I want to point out, the complete and utter hypocrisy. I have no problem if you're biased. But I got to admit this too. In this segment from CNN, they actually talk about how Tucker Carlson criticized Donald Trump saying that his call with Ukraine was inappropriate. Doesn't rise the level of impeachment, though. So you actually have some criticism from Fox News towards Trump and the right. You'll actually have Tucker Carlson bring on Antifa and people disagree with them. But CNN, what can I say for CNN? No, they bring in an echo chamber and then point the finger at everyone else while while refusing to self-reflect on how awful they have been. Now, (laughs) that was all part of the promo. See, that's why I'm saying you you should help me compete with them by sharing this video if you like it. First, I'd like to present to you a couple bits of context. CNN calling Fox News poison, essentially, and accusing and and also Brian Salter accusing the right of pushing conspiracy theories, which I find quite hilarious. Let's read this story first. From the Washington Examiner, they say CNN senior media reporter Oliver Darcy took Fox Corporation CEO, CEO Lachlan Murdoch to task, arguing he allows poison to spread on Fox News. So do you guys over at CNN. During Sunday's Reliable Sources, host Brian Stelter called it a sad state of affairs that White House spokespeople giving interviews means there's going to be more misinformation. Or how about your show every Sunday? 
Darcy replied by arguing that talking points used by Trump administration officials fall apart in the real world, but not on Fox News. And I could easily just state, you know, here's the big problem when it comes to everything in politics. I made a video about this. I tried talking to a journalist and I said, how are we supposed to know what's true and correct when you have both sides saying the exact same thing about each other? Now, I happen to fall on the side of CNN being complete trash and Fox News being kind of bad, but eh, kind of okay, whatever. At least Tucker Carlson was willing to criticize Trump. At least he's willing to have on counterpoints, even though it, you know, Fox News, their opinion section is very, very opinionated, very, very pro-Trump. So how am I supposed to figure out who's being, who's correct, right? I use a third-party fact-checking agency. I go to websites like All Sides to try and see where the bias comes from. Admittedly, it's very, very difficult. CNN is one of the most egregious bad actors in media, one of the worst there is. And and I'm going to show you. And so this is the challenge. They're going on TV saying, no, 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 it's Fox News spewing all the lies. Oh, come on. Quote, he says, uh, a lot of what we saw last week in these talking points really fall apart when they enter the real world, whereas they are still allowed to thrive on Fox. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love this rebuttal. You'll see it. Darcy then took aim at Murdoch saying, you just played that clip where people were talking about coups, civil wars. It's really disturbing stuff. I actually kind of wonder, Lachlan Murdoch, the head of Fox News, how does he look at himself in the mirror every morning knowing that this poison is his contribution to society? I honestly can't understand how he does it. That's pretty strong, Oliver, Stelter responded. Not a very great pushback from Brian Stelter for this bombastic statement. But I want to stress, if someone wants to talk about a coup and a civil war, that's an opinion. Are you really upset that someone has a negative opinion? What about everything you guys do? What about the poison being sown by them? Brian Stelter tweeting this out. CNN banner about this segment, quote, Republicans push conspiracy theories to defend Trump in response to a story that says on Meet the Press, Senator Ron Johnson declared that he does not trust the CIA or FBI while launching into a series of conspiratorial attacks on Democrats and intelligence officials regarding the Ukraine scandal. It wasn't a series of conspiratorial attacks. It was literally referencing a Politico story. And this is not the first time we've seen this. MSNBC tried pulling the same thing when they claimed a story in Politico stating Ukraine was trying, was, 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 meddling in the American election in 2016, and it's ruled as such. They're calling that a conspiracy. The story's in Politico. It is in Politico. This is mainstream public information. CNN actively trying to claim it's a conspiracy. CNN banner, Republicans pushing conspiracy theories. Well, here's Glenn Greenwald, an anti-Trump figure on the left who said, anyone who calls Ukrainian meddling in the 2016 election or Ukrainian collusion with Dems a, quote, conspiracy theory is lying. That includes Chuck Todd. You can read about it right here, Politico. A Ukrainian court ruled it was meddling. New York Times. So I ask you, CNN, why do you lie? Why is CNN trying to lie and obfuscate what's actually going on here? Brian Stelter and Oliver Darcy want to act like Fox News is, 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 this, is this strange conspiracy land. And Brian Stelter is referring to the, referencing the Daily Beast calling this official reporting from the New York Times and Politico conspiratorial attacks. Who's acting in bad faith? We right now have leftists pointing out the Democrats are corrupt. Why? They don't like the Democrats. One of the funniest jokes I've seen on Twitter was a progressive leftist was saying, you know, uh, a right winger calls me, uh, uh, you know, far left, don't care. 
They, uh, individual, you know, person smears me as being, you know, leftist socialist, whatever, don't care. And then it's like uh, a random person on Twitter says, you're a filthy liberal. And then he posts outrage. I highlight this because the point of the joke is when you call these people conservative, right, whatever, they don't care because they, they, they know what they believe. When you call them a liberal, they freak out because the liberals, this, this phrase, it's, it's unfortunate because liberal actually means something. But what this group of liberal Democrat type people really are, are crony corporatist and they're corrupt. And we all know it. We all know it. Okay. You want to rag on Trump? I don't care. Fine. Go ahead. But can we at least be real about the reporting about the DNC in Ukraine? I really, really hate the subject. That's why I'm focusing this mostly on the media. But let, let's move on here. I've got a lot to talk about. Secular talk. Kyle Kalinske, a progressive, tweeted, don't get why people are giving Chuck Todd credit here. Ron Johnson cites a specific Politico article from 2017 that lays out how Hillary's campaign did the same thing Trump is doing now, namely getting dirt on political opponents. It's how we learned of Manafort's corruption. Now, obviously, Kyle is not a fan of Trump, and he's looking at it from this anti-Trump perspective. You, 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 look, let's be real about the mirror image media. Some people are going to say that what Trump did was trying to dig up dirt on Biden, while others are, say, are, are going to say he was trying to figure out what happened with 2016. It really is an opinion. In my opinion, I don't think Trump wanted to dig up dirt on Biden because Biden can't win. I mean, he's doing better than everybody, but I really think it had more to do with going after those who staged this Russia investigation this fringe conspiracy theory. That's just my opinion. I can't tell you that's right or wrong. You have to read the transcript for yourself. Kyle clearly takes an opposing opinion based on what I'm saying. And I can respect that, but at least we both can agree and understand this is not a conspiracy. It's a fact. So what is CNN doing? Well, let's go after CNN. Here's something interesting. CNN's Brian Stelter says Fox's Tucker Carlson is savvy to criticize Trump on Ukraine a crack in the firewall. This is a really perfect example of the mirror universe we live in. Because I'll tell you this, Glenn Greenwald and Kyle Kalinske pointing out the Dems are corrupt. Is that a crack in the wall? Two progressive anti-Trump individuals pointing out that Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden and the rest of them are probably corrupt. Is that a crack in the wall? No, I think it's, I think it's fair to point out that they are good actors that might be wrong sometimes. And there are bad actors like CNN. Tucker Carlson has his opinions, but I have to give him respect. He brought, he brings Antifa onto his show. He brings on these left-wing individuals onto his show. He brought Lauren Duca onto his show and it's contentious and they fight, but he does. What about CNN? What about MSNBC? In fact, Glenn Greenwald once said that he was essentially blacklisted from MSNBC because he, he refused to tow the fake conspiracy Russiagate line. Check this out. Here's this, here's a pundit fact, PolitiFact's statements made on CNN. Check this out. This is fantastic. CNN's scorecard. Well, of course, it's not literally every statement ever made on CNN, but they highlight some of the rulings they presented. Here's the thing. PolitiFact's been called biased to the left, but even they point out that it's only around 42 per, uh, 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 42. Wait, okay. I'm sorry. It's not 42. It's around 52% of the statements they put forward. I was looking at the actual, uh, only 42 of the statements represented are factually true. They just barely are considered, you know, more accurate. We can see half-truths and look, mostly false, false and pants on fire statements made on CNN. That doesn't mean those are made by CNN staffers. The reason I bring this part up is that if CNN wants to claim Fox News is poisonous because of the things they talk about, well, what about the things you talk about? See, you know, Fox News brings on a pundit who talks about civil war or coup or whatever, fine, but so do you. You bring on people who say insane things as well. A guy who compared Trump to Malin and uh, I'm sorry, to Stalin and Mao. Malin, whatever. Check this out. I love this. 
Here's a tweet from Glenn Greenwald, because let's talk about, uh, you know, being fair. I understand MSNBC is not CNN, but I love the narrative. I love that, that, that these CNN reporters are absolutely obsessed with Fox. It shows me that they don't actually care about the truth. They care about pushing a narrative that attracts viewership. Fox bad, you know, orange man bad. Okay. Are you going to run a segment about MSNBC, my friends? Because here's this story. Here's another tweet from Glenn Greenwald. He says, I'm not even joking. I have so much work to do and I can't stop watching this. MSNBC often removes its most embarrassing debacles from the internet. Someone please do that here so I can get to work. This is a, this is a video posted by Glenn Greenwald in which Rachel Maddow suggests Russia might try to turn off the electricity so that people in Fargo will freeze. What she really says is like, what if they shut the grid off with their cyber attacks? It's really cold in Fargo. They've crossed the line. You want to talk about conspiracy theories? No, Fox News talking about actual legitimate stories from, from the New York Times and from Politico is not a conspiracy, but this is. This absolutely is. These stories are being covered today. It's not just right-wing media, but it mostly is, and I have to wonder why. Where is CNN? CNN is falling into the same MSNBC hole. You know what the problem is? A reality is starting to, to emerge. Truth is starting to emerge. We know the Democrats colluded with Ukraine to boost Hillary by harming Trump. Here's a bombshell report from the Daily Wire. Is conservative media always right? No. In fact, they rarely do journalism. This is a fact. Conservatives mostly do commentary and rarely do original reporting on their own. But you can't deny it because the original reporting is the New York Times and Politico. We know it for a fact. So here's what happens. CNN can't all of a sudden do a 180 and start defending Trump and calling out the Democrats. They defended them for too long. They've had these people on their shows. They've, they've propped up this rhetoric, so they must defend it. And then when the story comes out showing that actually this happened, they have no choice but to continue down that path calling it, calling it conspiracy theory. And this is, the, this is the only thing CNN has done wrong, okay? I, 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 you know, I was uh, reluctant to actually make a video slamming CNN to the capacity I'm going to, but I guess, I guess we're going to go for it, right? Here's a story. Three CNN journalists resign over retracted Trump-Russia story. How many times have we seen fake news about Trump and Russia? Now, this is from June 2017. Okay, it was a long time ago, and they resigned. All right, they, they, they did the right thing. They published fake news. They retracted it. They fired, uh, you know, the guys got fired. All right, all right, all right. I can give CNN some credit there, right? They did the right thing by getting rid of these people. And it was a long time ago. It's not like they're still doing it today. Oh, I'm sorry. This story is from uh, just about three weeks ago. CNN tries to blame Trump for the Obama administration leaks. Yes, because CNN published what everyone said was fake news and stood by it. Even the New York Times was calling them fake news. I'll tell you what, I'm no big fan of a lot of what the Times has, has become. But if we're at a point now, where the reporting by CNN is being fact-checked by WAPO and the New York Times and Fox News is more likely to get the story right, regardless of what their opinion people say. I mean, hey, they got Shep Smith, right? CNN, you're in the gutter. I mean, your ratings are worse than, than all the other news outlets. But this story basically points out they tried claiming that Trump leaks were going, you know, statements he made or whatever, information he was giving out was going to jeopardize a CIA agent. In reality, they were going to pull this agent out a long time ago. and It was Obama. It was from the Obama era. And so I think it becomes clear that CNN pushes fake news and conspiracy, and we all know it. But let's talk about their collusion. Let's talk about how, how they're actually dirty individuals who straight up had to get rid of Donna Brazil because of her collusion with the DNC. Now, hey, straight criticism to Fox News for hiring her in the first place. 
you know, because she leaves CNN, she goes to work at Fox. But I will say, in a sense, this actually proves Fox News is better than you, CNN. You know why? Because Fox News is willing to take on somebody who is helping the DNC and let her opinion be heard. So you want to you talk about Fox News being poison? I think the real problem is you are that pot looking at that chrome kettle. And a lot of people don't know this, right? The pot calling the kettle black is because the pot is actually black and the kettle is chrome and it's seeing its own reflection. That's the thing. So I, I, you know what? You, CNN, you're a black pot in a glass house. You should learn not to throw stones. CNN hires BuzzFeed's K-File investigative team. This is from 2016. And what I love about this is that they basically say in Politico that Kaczynski and his K-File team, which has been compared to a political opposition research team, have broken story after story this election by digging up comments candidates have made in radio interviews, television appearances, and old articles. That's right. One of the progenitors of cancel culture, hired from BuzzFeed to CNN and being described by Politico as opposition research. Let's talk about who's poison. It's you, CNN. You are poison. You are, you are toxic. You are misrepresenting what's actually going on, and it is damaging to civil discourse. But don't forget, remember when, oh, I'm sorry, this is not the story I was looking for. I was going to, to bring up when CNN threatened to dox that person over those memes they posted. But in fact, I clicked this article, CNN's Trump derangement syndrome. It's everything but news. And this is basically just a big list of all of the insane things CNN has done. It's not hard to, to, to bring up. Absolutely not. And you know what? I'm going to avoid going through all of this. They say CNN reporter, Gloria Borger, Julian Zelizer, anti-Trump reporters. They just, all of these things are a big list of CNN doing things that are egregious violations of journalistic ethics and norms. So look, they oh, oh, don't forget, they even have Jim Acosta, the guy who's trying to, who, who tries to sell a book, who stands up and obstructs actual journalism so he can't sell a book. Now, what I wanted to show you was this, what CNN's threat to dox a redditor tells us about the state of journalism. Yeah, it's that CNN is not, is not journalism. They've become a shell of their former selves. Now, we can talk about the revolution that was CNN back in the 80s when they brought about, um, you know, they were the, one of the first to do the 24-hour news cycle. And it was interesting, you know, people at the time would get their news at five o'clock, at, at 11 o'clock or whatever. CNN pops up, does something revolutionary, 24 hours, straight news, and competitors emerged. Now what are they? Eh, they're rage bait opinion garbage. Look, I'm not going to act like I'm better. In, in a, well, actually, hold on, I'll stop. No, I, I will say I'm better than CNN because I actively try to, to entertain various perspectives. I'm not going to say that all of us here in the weeds arguing about politics are, are better than each other because everybody has a perspective. And I have my critics and naysayers and my supporters, and so does CNN. But I'll say in my opinion, CNN's not supposed to be in that. CNN isn't supposed to be in the weeds. They're not supposed to be putting out fake news and, 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 and firing staffers or having staffers resign over fake news or having controversy after controversy. They're not supposed to be doxing Redditors and they're not supposed to be going on the air and calling another network poison because, because they don't like what's being said in the opinion sections. So, so that's, that's, that's where we end up. We end up with a news network putting out complete and utter trash. Now, I'll make this point as well about them hiring K-File. We all hate cancel culture. It is widely, uh, K-File's been credited with, with, with you know, starting this trend. It, might, it probably wasn't him, but somebody got the idea, and he was one of the first to start digging up old tweets and using them to destroy people. Now, something that everybody hates. Guess what? It started with BuzzFeed and moved to CNN. CNN actually hired a group that's considered opposition research. 
And I'll show you this news from today. Allsides.com, which is a multi-partisan, it's got centrists, conservatives, liberals working together to try and figure out where the bias in the media is. Much respect to this organization. They've moved BuzzFeed from uh, lean left to left because they say they often misrepresent uh, facts in order to support leftist points of view. I've known that for a while, but I think what we, what we see here now is that former BuzzFeed staffers, you can expect them to have that perspective. And, and, and there it is. You know, CNN now putting out stuff like this. Check a story out. The true appeal of the new Joker movie lies in its insidious validation of the white male resentment that helped bring, bring President Trump to power, writes Jeff Yang. I understand it's an opinion piece, and CNN publishes opinions all across the board. But let's just talk about the narrative that CNN is adopting and what they're pushing and their opinions. Like, I get it, man. Here you go. Actually, I can't show you this next tweet because it'll get me in trouble on YouTube. But somebody responded to this saying, who's more responsible for what's happening? There was a lot of concern over a potential tragedy at Joker screenings. Nothing happened. And this, this next tweet, they argue that CNN plasters the face of every horrifying individual all the time, even though we know it, it inspires. And then they write stories like this. It's like they want it to happen. CNN is a trash poison blog that is toxic for our civilization, is toxic for society. And they know it. And I just got to end. I got to end with this because Don Lemon is potentially the worst of the worst. Did you know that at one point Don Lemon genuinely wondered if Flight 370 could have been swallowed by a black hole? There's a lot to go on here about Don Lemon's multiple gaffes. They said that time he compared a real prisoner of war to a fictional character from the series Homeland. That time he got into a really tense shouting match with Talib Kweli about CNN's Ferguson coverage. The time he couldn't tell the difference between automatic weapons and semi-automatic weapons. The time he told black people they shouldn't wear baggy pants, use the N-word, litter, drop out of school, or have kids out of wedlock. Uh, actually, that one right there, I mean, that sounds very similar to what something like Candace Owens might say. So I think, you know, if he's wrong, he's, he's entitled to his opinion, okay? And of course, the time he told the victim that she could have just shut down by, by, oh man, I can't even read that. Okay, we'll just stop there and just say, you know what? At the end of the day, Don Lemon once asked if a black hole could have swallowed an airplane. So you want to talk about poison, misinformation, conspiracy theories. You want to talk about conspiracy theories? Could a black hole have swallowed an airplane? I get it. There's no conspiracy. It's just insane to actually speculate to that degree. So I, I guess this has been a long time coming. In the past several weeks, I have seen CNN put out all of these stories and say conspiracy theory 800 times. And it's just so annoying to see them point the finger at everybody else when it's literally them doing it. So I will leave you with Glenn Greenwald, anyone who calls Ukrainian meddling in 2016 a a conspiracy theory is lying. CNN, you are lying. And you need to self-reflect to recognize just how awful your network is. And I'll tell you this, the, the, the funniest thing, the most ironic thing is CNN calling Fox poison is quite literally poison. It's not what we need, okay? So I'll recognize the paradox in myself in doing something similar. But I will, I will also stress, I'm a person. I'm a person with personal opinions. And that's what I do. I read the news and I talk about my feelings for the most part. You want to go look at news? Go look at what we're doing at Subverse, editorially independent from my opinions and not talking about this insanity or pushing nonsense. No, we just get it right. CNN, CNN on the other hand, as an organization, is pushing nonsense. But you're an organization. 
There needs to be somebody saying as a news organization, this is what you can or cannot do. Now, it's fine if you want to be an entertainment opinion or commentary thing, similar to what, you know, many of us do in the commentary space. Sure, I get it. You guys are commenting, but you're supposed to be reporters. I thought you were both media reporters. Instead, you're just being nasty. You're being mean and nasty. So, so, so how about this? Stop saying you're the most trusted name in news if what you're really doing is opining. I think that's fair, right? Now, I understand you can do journalism and commentary the same, all the same, right? Everybody's doing it. But there's got to be a line. You know, if you're going to accuse someone else of pushing conspiracy theories and being poisonous, I think the first thing you need to do is recognize yourselves. Recognize that that's what you are. Congratulations, CNN. You become what you accuse others of being. But it's not, it's, that's, that's just not surprising, I guess. This whole Ukraine scandal, it's Russiagate 2, Ukrainian boogaloo, and we are seeing all of a sudden these journalists who entertained a fake dossier are, sh- are shocked that someone else might have a similar document alleging corruption on the Democrats. The only problem? Politico and the New York Times reported it. So how about now we get our investigation? Stick around. I'll see you in the next segment coming up at 6 p.m. YouTube.com slash TimCastNews. This stuff frustrates me. I'll see you there. I'm going to give you a light graphic warning. There's an image here of a man wearing a MAGA hat who was brutally beaten and his face is bruised up, his eye is red. And it's, it's not, it's not, you know, it, it's not war, it's not gore, but some, some of you may not want to see something like this. So I, I will tell you, and I'll stress, you know, I have no problem giving someone a graphic warning because if you're going to give someone a warning about the content, you know, when it, when it has to do with violence and the image of someone after he was brutally beaten, that makes sense. What doesn't make sense is demanding trigger warnings for offensive academic research subjects. That's insane. But uh, that being said, I don't think it's that big a deal, but I, I did think it was fair to tell you, you're about to see an image of a guy who was brutally beaten. Now, some of you may rem- remember this story. This is an art gallery owner who was beaten. He's now speaking out and he's blaming an art gallery, uh, an art pop-up for getting a mob of underage attackers drunk before the assault. Now, he's suing. So that's an update. But I think what's very important about this is that he's now speaking out and describing what happened. And I think it's pretty, pretty horrifying. Obviously, the people attacked him for wearing the Trump hat and they were yelling things like F Trump and things like that. So we know why he was attacked. Well, he describes it and he talks about how this pop-up got these underage people drunk. And if that's true, well, then I think there, there is serious fault here. You know, you don't give underage ki- uh, people uh, liquor. But now I'm going to scroll down. You're going to see the image. This is Jahangir Turan, Johnny Wu, 42. He was left with brutal injuries at an ABC Angels Club pop-up event on Canal Street, Manhattan in July after wearing the red MAGA hat he'd bought earlier that day at Trump Tower. He said a dangerous, unruly, and belligerent group of 15 to 18 people carried out the attack after a girl flicked the cap off his head. You can see the photos from the, uh, it's, it, that's bad, man. I, that's, that's brutal. As he bent down to retrieve it, the rest of the group allegedly started pounding on him, knocking him to the ground and stomping on him. One individual is then said to have grabbed his head and hit it against a pole, according to Turin. Now, I'm going to have to believe he's telling the truth when you look at how severe his injuries were at the time. Uh, you can see this photo before he was injured. And I, and I, I wonder about this stuff because we, you know, it's, it's a bit of a cliche now in alternative media to point out the double standard that you, had a, you, you have these stories of, say, like a guy being tortured in Chicago. I, I don't know if you know about this, but yeah, three, I believe it was three young black people kidnapped a special needs white uh, uh, young person and tortured him. And these things don't become national scandals like Jesse Smollett did. Jesse Smollett staged an outrageously insane and absurd hoax, 
But because he claims someone yelled MAGA country, it is major national news. Now, I get it. He's a celebrity, too. So there's a lot of, you know, TMZ-style celebrity gossip looking into what's going on. But here we have the story, and I wonder why this isn't leading the segment on uh, CNN. You know, if it was uh, the other way around, if, a, if a 15 to 18 people wearing Trump hats brutally stomped someone wearing, you know, a, a Hillary Clinton shirt, I'd be front page. That would be, that would be leading every segment. And so, so the issue I have here is, uh, you know, I, I think it's fair that any reasonable person can say, you know, live and let live. Uh, this guy could be the worst guy in the world, for all I know. He could be a really, really mean person. Maybe he, he steals change from, from homeless people's, you know, uh, little jugs and then, you know, flicks their head. And maybe he, he steals tips from the tip jar. The only, the only bad thing I can think of right now is stealing tips from people. But anyway, stealing change from people. But the point I'm saying is maybe he's like a nasty dude, okay, right? Still, doesn't deserve it. You're, you, you can be a bad person, and we try and figure out how to work through that in our society. Now, now that being said, I'm not saying he's a bad dude. He doesn't seem to be at all. He seems like a regular guy with a Trump hat on. And that's, and that's, that's the, the issue here. This should be news. This should be on, on CNN. Why not? You know, the other day, CNN was talking about uh, the, the, the right-wing you know, media is using conspiracy theories to defend Trump. And I'm just like, it was tweeted by Brian Stelter. And I'm not saying he wrote it, but he tweeted like, you know, the headline for today's story, right-wing media is using conspiracy theories. And it's like, you know what, man? I am so over this media game they play. Come on. We know you're not being objective. We know you don't care about facts or truth. You care about pandering and producing an entertainment show. That's what it's all about. So let's read on. I'll rant about that after if we have time. He says, uh, throughout the assault, the purported attackers were apparently chanting F Trump and other anti-Trump stuff, the art dealer said. Turin, who owns the David Parker Art Gallery, was left with a fractured eye socket after the horrific attack, he says. On Friday, he filed a lawsuit against photographer and fashionista Anna Anna Bloda, one of the organizers of the event, Building Owners United American Land, and Gallery Wall Play, according to the New York Post. He is seeking damages for substantial injuries, pain, suffering, and emotional distress. He blames all three parties because alcohol was served without an appropriate license. He's got you there, if that's true. At the event, and at least one of his, under, uh, one of his attackers was underage. All right, that's an important clarification, Daily Mail, that should have been at the top. So one underage person still. Serving alcohol without a license? Turin from Hoboken says they are directly responsible for getting his attackers drunk prior to the attack. The event was a curated skateboard-inspired showcase for a number of labels, including Bloda's. But she denies any involvement with the attack and insists everyone at the event was over 21. She also says she is a broke artist who has no money to pay him if she loses the lawsuit. That's the most important thing you need to consider when you do file a lawsuit. Are you going to get 100% of nothing? United American Land and Wallplay have not yet responded to a request for comment. So that's the gist of the story, okay? He's, he's described it now. He's filing a lawsuit. Uh, I, I, I'd be curious to look into what this, art, this pop-up gallery was all about, especially if it includes skateboarding, because I know a great deal about skateboarding, being a skateboarder. But uh, let's get, we'll, get, we'll get back to the rant about uh, you know, CNN and, and the whole media play. New York Post reported this. Is anyone surprised? The other day I pointed out in another video about Antifa violence, it was that guy, uh, for, for those that didn't see it, that at Mike Cernovich's event last year, it was, last, uh, it was 2018 January, actually, some 56-year-old Jewish guy was leaving, this is my understanding, and a 32-year-old Antifa guy named uh, Greg Campbell or something jumped him, knocked him down, punched him, choked him. Uh, apparently, the guy hit his head, was le- le- brought out in an ambulance. You can see these photos. I mean, Mike Cernovich looks, looks like shocked and terrified. At this, this guy may have died, you know? 
Well, so the Antifa guys pled to uh, two felonies, two, uh, two, um, two counts of felony assault. And he's, he's, he's going to be sentenced to 18 months. I believe that will be prison time, not like jail. I think, you know, I, I could be wrong, but everything over a year is, is prison. And so I wonder where that story is leading the, leading the top segments. I wonder, I wonder why, you know, they don't care about this terror. It is, and that's what it is. This guy, it's not an instance of, you know, somebody getting into a bar fight. This is a story about a guy who was wearing a Trump hat and they yelled political things at him and they beat him up and they beat him up bad. And his face is ridiculously swollen. I mean, it looks terrifying. I'm actually surprised he, he was able to get this uh, press conference, but I guess um, actually this is a really, really, really important thing. Take a look at these. ABC 7, PIX 11, Fox 5, CBS 2. You know what that is? That's local news. Local news pays attention. You see what you get when you watch CNN, when you go to Vox, BuzzFeed, and whatever. This national level stuff you're watching is tabloid entertainment television. And it works, and it is destroying this country. It is true that there are evil fringe, you know, far-right, white supremacists, whatever, ultra-traditionalists, fascists, and all that stuff, of course. And one of the most annoying things is how, in order to play the line, we see the national-level media espouse the exact same activist talking points, right? So the other day, there was a tweet from Greta Thunberg that I highlighted, where she said, oh, I shouldn't have worn this Antifa shirt. Below it was Lacey McCauley, one of the most, you know, well-known Antifa individuals or Antifa aligned. And she, and she puts, posts this image that says, the right, ha- you know, the far right has killed this many people and Antifa has killed none. And it's like, that's your standard. You, you beat this guy to a pulp, but you let him live. Is that what you're saying? You're, you're not willing to cross that line. Okay, I can appreciate you didn't kill anybody, right? But you think you're good? You think you're, you're good because of this? Now, now, granted, this was not an Antifa instance, although you could technically say it was similar and that they were yelling F Trump. But we've got a serious terror problem. Look at this guy. Like, come on, what? what? Look, at, look at him. <laughs> Are you, you're going to see that guy walking down the street. He does not look like somebody who's looking to start a fight. He does not look like somebody who is a dangerous, violent threat. And, he, he, and no, he is not a far-right, ultranationalist, white male, white supremacist, whatever. He's an art gallery owner in New York. He's probably fairly moderate living in New York City. And that, to me, is what's crazy. But in the end, look who look who's comes to talk to him. Do you see CNN? Do you see even Fox News? Do you see MSNBC? Of course not. So I'll give respect to uh, local news outlets. And this is what's really sad and dangerous. The, the way the internet has democratized information, we are losing local reporting. And this is a serious problem. For one, if you watch local news in New York, you probably saw this story. If you watch independent media, channels like mine, you definitely saw this story. And I think there's something important to be said about the content I produce and what many of us on YouTube do. Why is it that so much of my content is highlighting things like this? Is it because I like the president or anything? No, not at all. It's because this is extremely important to solving our problems, and you'll never see it on that TV. Never. Okay, I'm being hyperbolic. But are you going to see a fair take from, from CNN on any of these political issues? Absolutely not. You know, the Ukraine scandal stuff has been an absolute insa- insane nightmare. Then I'm not going to touch with a 10-foot pole. But I'll tell you this. You know, I tweeted the other day, I'm just so fed up with the games they play. They, they, they say that the right is pushing conspiracy theories, and it's like, well, a sworn affidavit from the prosecutor and leaked audio confirming, you know, just that much, 
fine, whatever. You know, they're all corrupt, whatever. I'm talking about the media. The media, uh, uh, in, in, in the, the national media sense, right? So I, I can tell you right now, look, dailymail.co.uk is reporting on this for sure. You're going to find that the more generalist sites will absolutely cover this. But when we're talking about political coverage and what gets shared, we're talking about, you know, Vox, BuzzFeed, Vice, and all of these things. You want to talk about the media and talk about views. Let's talk about the fastest growing news organization in history, Vice News. It's my understanding. Could be wrong. Of which I was the first and founding member. Uh, a very different company to when, since I left. And, and ask all the OG, you know, Vice people, and they'll tell you the same thing. Like, man, something happened there. Um, but you, you look at what's dominating internet clicks. What's getting the big evaluations? What's getting the venture capital? Now, admittedly, these companies are all kind of hurting. But if you go to these sources which dominate political coverage, they're not interested in telling you what's going on or providing you with context. A really good example in a similar vein to this is when BuzzFeed repeatedly smears Carl Benjamin, a.k.a. Sargon of Akkad. They'll say things like, instead of saying he told a joke, they'll say he was talking about doing X, right? I, I, I want to avoid getting too much. I've already got this image, you know, that's going to get me demonetized. But the point is, they will strip the context from anybody who dares push back, who, anybody who isn't in their tribe and who, who doesn't bend the knee. But then when you got that guy who tried canceling Carson King, he dug up eight-year-old tweets, they run a legitimate and truthful perspective from him. And the argument is like, we told the truth. Yeah, you tell the truth on, on this one thing. We're not defending him. We're just letting him, you know, covering the story. So I think we all understand how the game is played. I don't think I need to make this video, you know, a 20-minute long video. Um, I think there's one more important thing that I need to add here, though. This guy's fighting back. It's about time. Um, not a political message. I, I am not interested in him wearing his hat, don't care, but I think he was victimized, and he needs to find who's responsible. And it includes those young people, but it also includes people who are serving alcohol without a license and who may have been giving alcohol to so someone who's underage, if that's the case. There's a big challenge, and Antifa knows this. They know that you can't sue them, right? You, you've got these, like, what? Some hippie living in a squat? can send all the threats in the world, can, can lie, cheat, and steal. And what are you going to do? You're going to take, take everything from, from somebody who has nothing? You're going to get nothing. And they know this, and they weaponize this. And so there's a big problem in our society. It, you know, youth unemployment, I should say. Well, unemployment is down across the board. I was reading an article the other day that talked about how uh, people who fresh out of college have like a 12% unemployment rate. And that explains it. It really, really does. Take these kids with massive debt who went to school for something really, really <laughs> unnecessary, a liberal arts degree of some sort. Now they have no job. And idle hands are the devil's playground, workshop, same thing. I don't know, whatever. You get the point. They got nothing to do. They're bored. They've been indoctrinated. They're angry. And they take their anger out on some little old art gallery owner, and they beat the crap out of them. Now, I, I don't know about who these 15, 18-year-old people are, but I'd be, willing to bet, be, I'd be willing to bet that's the case. Man, there, there are some really crazy horror stories the important thing you need to realize about this, this you know, anti-Trump violence, this, where, where the Trump supporters are attacked, is that they can point to this fringe sect of ultra-nationalists, ultra-traditionalists, uh, you know, far-right, white supremacy type people, and they're, they're a specific group of people. They're very specific. They know what they're doing. They can be tracked. They can be stopped. The thing about the Trump supporters, it's random. Are these 15 to 18-year-old people organized? Nope, nope, not at all. But they're radicalized by media. They're radicalized by CNN. You know, not just CNN. I'm just being a bit hyperbolic. Get the point. But anyway, I'll leave it there. Stick around. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel, and I will see you all then.
Conspiracy theory time. Here's my thoughts. Ryan Johnson purposefully wrote a terrible movie in Star Wars The Last Jedi, but just good enough to actually get made, but really, really bad. And he purposefully wrote characters like Rose Tico to be terrible. And he did this because he wants to destroy Star Wars. And he told us this in the movie when Kylo Ren says, let the past die, kill it if you have to. I think that was his signal to us. I am doing this on purpose. I am trying to end Star Wars. We need new things. And you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm half kidding here. The, uh, um, but, I, but I do think we have a problem in today's day and age where we just keep regurgitating the same things over and over again. So maybe that was his play. You know what? Just, just knock it down. You know, Looper wasn't a bad movie, and I'm hearing good things about Knives Out. I'm not going to go see it. But here's the big controversy as of right now. And apparently, I don't know, it's, it's not getting... I, I'm, maybe you guys have heard this already. Where's Rose Tico in the new Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker merchandise? Uh-oh. Rose Tico is not in the new merch. And naturally, the social justice crowd are outraged because... There's a lot of people who tried playing this narrative that the reason people didn't like Rose was because she was a powerful woman of color or something, which is not true. Her character was extremely poorly written. I blame Ryan Johnson for that. I think she could have been a fine character. Bad writing is bad writing. But she's not in the merch. So this is kind of weird. Look at this. The promise versus reality. Star Wars, did you deliberately remove Rose? Look at this shirt. For those that are listening, on the left, we see it says Rebel, and there's Rose Tika with a gun, a blaster. And on the right, it says Rebel, and she's gone, apparently. And this is crazy. In one of the bits of art they've done, they replaced Rose with a generic slug monster of some sort. At at, at least that's what they say. Uh, What is it? Uh, The Star Wars mythos. let Let me read this tweet. I know for a fact that there are more people that love Rose than hate her, but it really is beginning to feel like they're keeping her off the poster to cater to the handful of really loud, nasty voices whose money they would or would not be getting regardless. Where's Rose? The Star Wars mythos owes so much to pan-Asian mysticism and aesthetic that minimizing an Asian character... Oh, heavens, this is from a white person. These white progressives, I swear. You know, please. In promo merch stings in a specific way that other equally terrible erasure of other POC characters doesn't. Where's Rose? So they're calling it racist sidelining woman of color. Uh, I think the the, the slug monster thing is in another another, uh, tweet. But uh, we'll we'll get to it. So this is a story from the Mary Sue. Why exactly is Rose Tico being removed from Star Wars merchandise? Naturally, much of the outrage is coming from the left. Now, there's a lot of criticism from the right that Star Wars The Last Jedi was like an SJW film. I do not agree with that commentary at all. I think they put some stuff in it that was silly. Princess Leia's Mary Poppins moment and and, and, uh, Admiral Holdo, which people call call her Admiral Gender Studies or whatever fine. I don't think that was that big of a deal. I think the bigger problem was just how the movie was nonsensical and, and just dumb. Fuel in space, uh, inertia, in, not, or not, not inertia, but uh, uh, friction and the lowering of speed, and people trying to justify how the plot made sense, and it didn't. The casino planet, come on. And Rose Tico was just so poorly written, it made no sense. Now she's not here. And I think it's, it's not about an issue of uh, uh, social justice. It's an issue of, I think Star Wars is finally realizing The Last Jedi hurt them, and they're trying to mitigate the damage to the best of their abilities. And that may be by removing one of the most controversial characters in, in the second film. This says to me 
This, in my opinion, is the biggest bit of evidence that despite all of the public statements and, and, and how they're acting like everything's good, they know it's bad. Now, check it out. Han Solo, the Solo film, apparently did okay. And I hear it's actually not that bad. I haven't seen it. And I'm not going to see it. I, I try. I turn on the first five minutes and I'm like, I just can't do it. I just, that's how bad Last Jedi is. It, for me, it's like, I can't watch this anymore. You know, and I liked uh, Rogue One. But then they said people had Star Wars fatigue. We all heard it. No, 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 no. What happened is you destroyed the franchise. Now, I, I will admit there are some social justice, you know, tones to the film and a lot of what they're pushing with Rey and, and being a Mary Sue and all that stuff. But I really think it's just they've, they've written terrible characters that make no sense, right? Let's talk about Rey. No training, no background, The Last Jedi. You're nobody. You're the daughter of random people and nothing you do makes sense. Let me explain something to you all. I've, I, I always have this, I had this thought a long time ago about, you know, watching something like, say, Dragon Ball Z or, 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 um, or you know, watching the X-Men. And I think about how fantastic their adventures are and how they always experience these outrageous stories. And I'm like, man, most people have a couple adventures in their life on par with what we see happening every week in like Game of Thrones. But then I say to myself, this is why we like these stories, because these are the pure, these are the people who are the cream of the crop, the most sensational. We write stories that are meant to be ridiculous. Ridiculous in the sense that some person does something great, right? Luke Skywalker, turns out his dad was Darth Vader. What? How can that be? Come on, that's not realistic. No, that's the point. The point is these characters are exceptional. They are rarities. They are lottery, winning lottery tickets. They are the one in a billion. And that's why we want to watch it. I don't want to watch a, a movie about a guy named John who works in a cubicle and, and wakes up and goes to work every day. And at the end of the day, he like he wins the lottery and that's how the movie ends. It's like, oh, that guy won the lottery. You know, you still, so, so what the point I'm trying to make is, yes, Ray has master force powers. She's holding that lottery ticket. But I want to see the, the exceptional adventure because life is boring, right? So what do you think happens when they make a movie then where the plot is the most powerful character here is actually just a random nobody who won the lottery? Yeah, okay. But let's, let's read this from the Mary Sue. Uh, let me zoom in a little bit. They say Disney is, uh, oh, I'm sorry, they don't say Disney. They, they say dis, Disney. They spell, <laughs> copy editor. Disney is edited again with the merchandising shenanigans and Star Wars fans are calling them out. Last Friday was a special day for fans of that galaxy far, far away, Force Friday. It's when, the new, it's when new Star Wars merchandise is revealed. And it is, the, you know what? Get a copy editor. Wow. It, it, I mean, doesn't Word automatically spell check this for you? Like Chrome does too. And it was, uh, and, and it's this time, it was a triple force Friday as Disney unveiled products to promote Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, the Disney series, The Mandalorian, and the conclusion of the new trilogy, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. But that excitement was dampened when fans noticed the rise of Skywalker, Skywalker merchandise was not only sorely lacking in Rose Tico, Kelly Marie Tran, I called her Amy Tran, who's, who's that? Kelly Marie Tran. But it looks like her image was actually removed from various designs. I might go see the next movie. You know, they got rid of Ryan Johnson. They're trying to save it. Okay. All right. This is an acknowledgement of guilt, in my opinion. Like, they realized she is a terrible character, and they're trying to do something to actually fix it. This person tweeted, I remember Where's Ray around the first Force Friday, but what, uh, but what makes Where's Rose more insidious is all the evidence of where she was designed into merch then willfully removed to uh, the, fa uh, the fan conduct toward Rose KMT was shameful. 
And catering to those fans sends the worst message. I'll tell you what message it sends. It sends a message of, can we have your money, please? They recognize you put that character on it. People don't want to give you money for it. In fact, I don't like the characters at all. I mean, The Last Jedi was such utter trash. I was at the theater the other day seeing Joker and some guy was, uh, uh, was like, hey, is someone sitting here? Like, because the movie's about to start and there's an empty seat, but they were supposed to be sold out for the most part. And I'm like, oh, I, I don't know. I mean, it's probably sold out. And then the, the, the trailers come on. I think there was a trailer for The Last Jedi, but, but uh, I'm sorry, for The Rise of Skywalker. But then he's, he, he leaned over and he was like, man, you excited for the Star Wars film? And I was like, no way, I'm not going to see it. And he goes, what, for real? And I was like, dude, The Last Jedi was terrible. And he goes, yeah, man, that was really bad. <laughs> I started laughing. And he was like, but I'm going to go see the next one anyway. And I was like, oh, for sure, dude. They're going to make $2 billion. I get it. But I, I will see. We'll see. They say, this isn't the first time that fans have noticed a conspicuous lack of a character in merchandise. They mention that Ray was actually missing from Force Awakens merchandise. But the reason for that was because they didn't want to reveal who the, the next big hero was going to be. You had in the trailer, you had, um, you're like, well, th- th- they didn't make it clear, right? You had uh, a speculation as to who was going to be the lead in this. And that was all destroyed by uh, The Last Jedi revealing that Rey's actually a nobody. Like in the trailer when they had Finn holding the lightsaber, you know what I mean? I really thought it would be him. They say, however, the exclusion of Rose Tico, Tico is extra insidious. Ooh, given the racist and misogynist response to her character in the past and the horrible treatment of Kelly Marie Tran by so-called Star Wars fans. Yeah, you know, they overhyped all of that, though. Let's be real. I, I, I do think people were mean to, to Kelly Marie Tran for sure. Uh, here's a tweet that says, this version of the movie poster featuring Rose from leaked merch designs versus the version from the poster ultimately going on shirts, trading cards, and tote bags. She's gone. They say, uh, this last example where Rose has been erased from a poster and replaced by some slug alien we've never seen. That's amazing. Let me pull up this tweet. I gotta see this. Like, not only did they remove her, but they put in some slug alien. What is that? So so here's the image. I don't even see uh, where, where where is she supposed to be. Where I don't even see her on the, on, on the set. Oh, there she is. There she is. There, okay, so she's, she's up here by Finn. Now let's look at the next one. And <laughs> some weird slug alien on the t-shirt. What is this? Yeah, wow, that's amazing. That's, you know what's funny about this is that not only did they get rid of her, but that has to be one of the most disrespectful things to the actress and character. So, <laughs> slug alien, super duper bad and insulting. I agree. That is, that is harsh. They could have just taken her off. A slug alien though? Wow. The, not only is this erasing a woman, but a barrier-breaking woman of color who's been publicly attacked just for daring to be female and non-white. Oh, come on. She, the, the, look, she was a bad character. Let's be real. But the people, you know, and, and, and no, no one's deserving of this harassment. Let's, let's, let's be real, though. People didn't like her because she was just the weirdest, poorly written character with the stupid casino adventure. So why is Rose not in these posters and merch? Is Disney daving to the what? You know what, man? How many errors have I found in this article? You know? I, I, I agree with the outrage. I find it very interesting. and I find it very insulting. I think, I think it's not about placating the, 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 the right or the misogyny. It's about trying to make money and realizing she was a bad character. So, so I'll, I'll say this, you know, you know, full stop. They shouldn't be removing her. You got to own it. You put Ryan Johnson on this. You added this character. You own that. Okay, that is you. That is canon. What are they going to do? Like the marquee's going to come up at the beginning of Star Wars as Rose Tico is dead. And then, and then it's like a non sequitur, and then the, the First Order is fighting the, you know, the resistance. There's, is that what they're going to do? How do you remove her from merch? Is she going to be in the movie or not? 
Okay, that's that that's the big thing. It's canon, unless unless of course they go with my plan. My plan for saving Star Wars is the first movie opens up and it's the end of The Force Awakens and it's like Poe or Finn or somebody and they wake up in a cold sweat like, oh, I just had a terrible nightmare that made no sense. You know, I wouldn't call it a nightmare. Nothing made sense in it. And we won. Whatever. Where were we? Oh, we're looking for Luke Skywalker. That's right. That would be so much better. And then Rose wouldn't exist. <laughs> She's a terribly written character. But no, I think um, I disagree with their, their, their social justice pandery stuff about removing a woman of color. I think Disney's doing the right thing, trying to fix the mistake that was The Last Jedi. But I'm sorry, man. Ryan Johnson, in my opinion, purposefully took Star Wars. And when they handed it to him saying, see what you can do, he laughed and took a lighter to it and laughed the whole way as he walked out of the building with all the money and everything he got from it. Now, of course, because the fans were outraged, it immediately became this like alt-right versus, you know, social justice narrative. When in reality, it's like Star Wars fans who don't care. But I'll tell you what, man, here's the point I was making in one of my videos yesterday. When they start acting like her removal is a statement about their ideology, to me, this is no different than someone being like religion. You know what I mean? And I was th- I, the, video, the, the video I made yesterday about birds of prey, I was basically saying that when they inject social justice ideology into a film, it would be like if they made a film where Superman like turned out to be Jesus. I'd be like, that's really weird. Like you can be religious, you can believe what you want, man, but Superman is something specific. So when they inject these things, imagine if like you watch Star Wars and then all of a sudden Poe pulled out the gospel and started like preaching some like line from Leviticus or something. And everyone was like, right on. And then all the press was like, this is incredible. Yeah, no, no. Okay, Star Wars is something else. You're allowed to have your beliefs. You're allowed to have your religions. You're allowed to to believe whatever ideology you want. But when you start injecting it into Star Wars, don't be surprised when there's a backlash. Because it's, it's the same people, right? I'll tell you what, man. The people like me, the centrist types, not overly religious. Some are a little religious because like people tend to be like somewhat but we've always, we've always pushed back on the moral authoritarianism pushed out by regardless of what group it is. In fact, it w- the cu- people who came to the United States were doing it so they could have their own religious freedom and not be told what they had to believe. They could freely practice as they chose. So please stop trying to turn our cultural icons, which are for everybody from Christian to Muslim to Jewish to, to even the social justice people, stop trying to turn them into your, your moralistic authoritarianism. In the end, it's really weird they're getting rid of her. I must admit, you got to own that. You put Johnson on it. You own that canon. But I guess they can change if they want. And maybe it's the right thing. I don't know. But I do find it absolutely hilarious. I'll also say this too. I don't know if anybody cares about my opinions on Star Wars, but there you go. There's my thoughts on the matter. Uh, I'll leave it there. Stick around. We're going to get serious in the next video at 4 p.m. YouTube.com slash TimCast. It is a different channel, and I will catch you all there. I'd like to say this story wouldn't be surprising to anybody, but I'm sure there are a lot of people on the left who are shocked to learn. Girls are skipping school to avoid sharing gender-neutral toilets with boys after being left to feel unsafe and ashamed. Well, this isn't shocking to me at all. I'm going to say something bold. The majority of violence that women, uh, majority of the violence perpetrated against women is perpetrated by men. That tends to be true. In fact, the majority of violence, violent, uh, the, the majority of victims are men, and the majority of that violence is also from men. So here's the point: men typically tend to be the ones who are acting violently, not women. That's just true. And so then, when I hear that there are young women who would like to have a safe space, as it were, just for biological females, that I can understand. 
But now there's a big push towards gender neutrality. And the problem is, while this can make sense very simply when you have single unit bathrooms, like you walk in, you close the door behind you and you lock it, makes sense. A lot of facilities and a lot of uh, uh, places don't do this. They just have big, you know, rooms with stalls and, well, some urinals. Although another weird story is that a Portland building, it's a government building being remodeled, is going to get rid of urinals, which is just odd. (laughs) Like, why would you do that? But anyway, I think there's a reason why bathrooms are separated outside of traditional gender roles. Men and women, different body parts. Very simple, right? A woman, you know, you look at the, the lines to women's bathrooms, they're much longer than men. Men have different bodies. Now, I, I, look, I get it. You want to make gender neutral bathrooms? Fine. Don't be surprised that when girls skip school, when girls say they feel unsafe, but that's what you can expect. You know, as I've mentioned many times in the past, the more we try to expand civil rights for everybody, the more you must recognize you, you actually, there's a limit. You start taking away the rights of other people. So while young females typically had a space where they knew they could go to be separate from boys, because let's face it, we're different. They don't anymore. Now, no matter where they go, you know, I don't want to get gross or anything, but it it is menstruating girls are staying home for fear of being made uh, to feel period shame. Look, let's be real. Women experience periods, men don't. And I'm pretty sure there are a lot of females who don't want to be in the presence of a male regardless of their identity. If they're, you know, going through this circumstance, right? It happens fairly often. And that's why it might make sense. Guys and women, different. I mean, look, you can argue that society should change and all that stuff. Fine. I'm not like society changes. I understand that. But this is an instance where young girls are now skipping school. We we, got to do something about that, right? This can't be the, you know, we can't force these problems. It's not fixing any problems. It's just creating them. Let's read from the Daily Mail. Gender neutral toilets in schools have left girls feeling unsafe and even put their health at risk. Parents and teachers have warned. Girls who are menstruating are so anxious about sharing facilities with boys that some are staying home for fear for, of being made to feel period shame. With a growing number of both primary and secondary schools installing unisex toilets, some girls are risking infections by refusing to urinate all day. Others are so fearful they have stopped drinking liquids at school. This is absolutely insane. Now, because of the controversial nature of this, I've got to do, do a shout out. Go to timcast.com slash it if you'd like to support my work, or more importantly, just share this video if you think these topics are important. I understand they can be controversial, and in this instance, I don't know, maybe if you don't want to share it, I understand why. We're dealing with pretty intimate issues and pretty dangerous repercussions, but if you do like it, sharing it, look, this video is going to get deranked, let's be honest. YouTube's going to knock this one down in two seconds, but whatever, you do you. Let's read. They say, Parents and teaching staff have told the Mail on Sunday that female pupils feel deeply uncomfortable or even unsafe sharing toilets with male students. I understand that, yes. The trend for single uh, gender toilets is driven by the wish to be more inclusive of children who identify as transgender and wish to use the same facilities as the opposite gender. But last night, doctors and politicians called on schools to halt the move towards unisex toilets to prevent any further harm to female pupils. GP Tessa Katz, said holding in urine for prolonged periods on a regular basis could increase the risk of girls suffering urinary and bladder infections. The psychological effects of girls not feeling safe enough to use mixed gender toilets is also concerning. At the same time, the rise in gender neutral toilets has sparked a backlash among parents, many of whom say they were not consulted before the change was made at their children's schools. The latest row involves Deansfield Primary School in South 
Ruislip, West London, where parents launched a petition last month against the introduction of unisex toilets. One angry mother who has, dis- who has daughters aged four and eight at the school said the cubicles were open at the bottom and top so older pupils can easily climb up the toilets and peer over. Let me just stop you and say, well, that's normal, completely normal. Go to any bathroom, male or female, and we can see that the toilets, the stalls are like that. Now, interestingly, airports are starting to do something where they have like top to bottom full rooms. Interestingly, the reason they do this for the bottom, at least, is that if there's a, a leak or a flood, it can all flow from one flood into the same drain. So if you have five stalls, the reason the bottoms are exposed is so that water can easily flow to, the, to that single unit, right? But I wouldn't, I, I, I'd be shocked to find, you know, that the, the administrators who are, who are instituting these policies don't know what's going to happen. I have to imagine they know, right? But here's what I think. I think the cancel culture lobby, the woke outrage is such a, a, a fear, and the law is the law, that they know what's going to happen and they're going to do it anyway. And they know, in the end, guess who's going to be negatively impacted? Not dudes. Because I assure you, while there are going to be some guys who are self-conscious about going into a bathroom with girls, for the most part, the guys are going to be laughing about it. Like, the guys aren't going to care that much, right? But the women who want privacy, the females who want privacy, are probably going to be, I don't know, kind of upset by it, I guess. And I think the solution might be something as three bathrooms, female, male, gender neutral, and then people can choose to use what they want to choose. But I guess the other problem is that even if you made a third, so here's one of the issues, right? If there's a trans woman, someone biologically male, identifies as female, and females don't want males in their bathroom, that includes trans women. Now, you can argue semantics or whatever you want to say, that's fine, but there are going to be females who say you are not biologically female, and that's a concern. So there have been proposals to offer up uh, a trans bathroom, a gender neutral bathroom, but then you might end up with biological females and males using it, and the trans people, you know, the trans women might not be comfortable with it. So there's really, I guess there's, there's one solution to this. We can put everything to rest by just having bathrooms that are just a single unit. Now, here's the problem. Schools can't do that. You know, think about how many students you have. What if, what if, what are they going to do? Make 50 single unit bathrooms? Well, they can't. They do a handful of bathrooms. I think the school I went to had, had uh, two floors and it had four bathrooms. That's it. Four. And each bathroom had like two stalls. And that's for the boys. The girls, I think, had like four or five stalls. The point is they can't, you know, at these schools and at, and at hospitals and big facilities, you know, the places where you have a ton of people who have to go to the bathroom, just have like three small rooms. Now, you can do what airports do, but those are massive facilities, right? Let's read a little bit more. Stephanie Davies Arai from the parent campaign group Transgender Trend said schools were being misinformed by trans activists, organizations that they were breaking, uh, organizations that they were breaking equality laws if they did not make the toilets unisex. She said there were clear exemptions under the current equality laws that meant it was perfectly legal to have single gender toilets. A spokesman for Deansfield said, we will continue to support parents with any individual worries or concerns they have. Tory MP David Davies, who has backed feminist claims that transgender rights are overriding those of women, said, if girls are not comfortable sharing toilets with boys, then schools should make provision, uh, should make provisions for them rather than saying girls have got a problem. So, I'm going to have to end by, uh, uh, well, not necessarily end, but like the final point. Yeah, I agree. But I want to, I want us to state, it's very strange to me that we're seeing conservatives on the feminist side. It's like things have gotten so crazy that, you know, one of the ways I've described it the other day is a big, it's a big ask, right? How do you get conservatives to support feminists? Propose something so outrageous that everybody is, is bothered by it to the left. 
So when you walk it back closer to a more moderate left position, even conservatives will agree. And now you've got, look, you had, you know, Megan Murphy appearing on Ben Shapiro's show, like, wow, like an, like a very hardcore feminist with a conservative like Ben Shapiro. And they were talking in agreement. I mean, so it's kind of a good thing. The problem is the faction that's pushing the insane policies are, they're powerful. They're very powerful. People are scared of this. And so we've got in the US, the, the, the equality, I believe it's called the Equality Act. And we should be prepared to start seeing those who want to see these changes happen, pushing as hard as possible. You know, I've seen some comments from the left where they talk about, um, you know, uh, actually the Star Wars thing, right? I did a video just a little earlier. I'm not going to get into it, but Star Wars removed one of the characters from merch. And one of the comments on some of these forums was that, you know, Disney is bending over, bending to a small fringe vocal faction. Well, I would say this is what we see here. How many trans people exist in the United States? Probably more than are actually recorded because a lot of people are actually scared. And that's actually one of the arguments brought forth by the trans community that I completely agree with. Many people who are scared to come out as trans because society is not accepting of it because of stories like this. But in the end, even if we overestimate, it's not going to be that many people. And of the, of the trans community, how many are actually very vocal and loud, angry activists, even smaller? The issue is, perhaps we make a special gender neutral bathroom that's just a single unit. Perhaps you have one female bathroom, one male bathroom, and they're large with multiple stalls and the men have urinals. And then you make a neutral bathroom, which is a single unit. You can go, you can go inside and lock the door and it can be used by anybody. I think that's, that's, that's the easiest way to do it. For whatever reason, they're not. And I think it might have to do with, with pushing the politics, but it also might have to do with the unintended consequences. You know, uh, there was one story I did uh, several months ago about the increase in assaults experienced by women, because what happens is at these public pools and showers, they, 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 they have big open showers, right? And because it's all become gender neutral, they can't just make a single stall. They say the whole room is for everybody. Well, then you end up with women, biological females and biological males in the same space. And guess what? you're going to see an increase. The proximity will create that opportunity for bad actors, mostly dudes, let's be real, attacking these women. They didn't expect it to happen with the law. The law was like, we want to make a safe space. Well, you didn't. You made an unsafe space. So I, 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 don't want, I, I do try to keep these short. I'll wrap it up here. It's obvious, isn't it? And I think it's only going to become worse. But anyway, stick around. I got a couple more segments coming up in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. I, w- I will admit, Joker has political themes. Now, I'm going to give you all a warning. It is Monday after opening weekend, and there will be spoilers at some point, potentially because CNN might entertain some spoilers and mention them, and then I'll probably get into them as well. So you've been warned. Again, I will say it one more time. There will be spoilers. If you haven't seen this movie's amazing, by the way, it is, wow, it is a good movie. It is, and I'll say it, I said it before in the last video, don't expect Marvel, don't expect high-flying action. It is, it is a light action, mostly drama, but nailed it really, really good. That being said, CNN has published an op-ed that claims Joker is a validation of the like white male, the insidious white male anger that brought Donald Trump to power. Okay, stop. That's not true. The politics in the film are overtly left-wing and Joker himself is a nihilist. Now, let's, let's, uh, some spoilers here. Okay, basically, you quite literally have someone holding up a sign saying Thomas Wayne equals fascist. This is Wayne equals fascist. Yeah, they're protesting against fascism, literally holding a sign saying that. The protesters are protesting wealth inequality. And quite literally in the film, Thomas Wayne, billionaire industrialist guy, 
says on TV that these people are resentful of us and what we've earned, and they're all clowns. And that's the protest. And that's so I don't want to I won't get into too much, but let's 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 just say this. You want to talk about Joker's validation. It's it's a nihilist who loves that he's being propped up by far left protesters. That's about it. His protesters literally Antifa. But let's read some of the opinion and break down the the, the insidious validation of Trump's America. You know, you know, hold on. Man. It's just like it's a movie, dude. I understand there's politics in it, but calm down. Joker, the Todd Phillips movie that reimagines the origins of Batman's killer clown nemesis, opened this weekend to record-setting box office. Yes, it did, and it is an amazing movie. Fueled by deft marketing and some of the most polarizing critical reaction of any mass market film in decades. Further fueling the hype around the movie, a shocking Golden Lion win at the Venice International Film Festival and a joint bulletin from the FBI and Department of Homeland Security warning of the online threats at Joker screenings. Set in a very thinly disguised New York City, Phillips' version of the Joker story has as its protagonist Arthur Fleck, a middle-aged, working-class man who lives with his invalid mother. Fleck works as a clown for hire while fantasizing about romancing the lovely single mother who lives down the hall. Yeah, he does. A little bit. But I will stress, the movie doesn't make any points about Joker's relationships outside of him fantasizing that he has this beautiful woman egging him on. That's really it. If anything, I, I would argue there's some aspect of him wishing he had a, he had a, had a woman, but not that his resentment is rooted in. In fact, his resentment is rooted in people being mean and making fun of him. So it's more about a nihilistic thing, not an incel thing, which is like what the media was trying to push. He's brutalized by young thugs. Oh, this is great. Just wait for this. He's brutalized by young thugs. He's beaten by suit-clad Wall Streeters. And his answer to his dual pincer of oppression by people of color and one percenters is a murderous rampage of revenge. It's not, well, I kind of. I wouldn't call it a rampage. It's action light which catches fire among fellow angry citizens of Gotham and sends them looting through the streets. All right, spoiler time. Okay, I already warned you. He's being beaten up by three dudes. In self-defense, he kills two of them. But then, when you can see where he snaps, he chases the guy down, the the last guy, and and executes him. So you can see that he's being beaten, and so he reacts in self-defense. Was it over the top? Yeah, I mean, he shot a guy, killed him. But then he chases the guy down. What ends up happening is people assume this was an attack on Wall Street or one percenters and that it was a wealth inequality reaching that apex where the poor were finally having enough of the rich. The logo starts to appear of the phrase kill the rich appears everywhere in newspapers. The protesters wearing clown masks emulating what they think he was doing. Joker himself, total nihilist. He just at the end has it was funny, but they don't care. They prop him up. So no, not right wing, not Trump left wing, please. Well, here's what he goes on to say. While many reviewers have focused on Fleck as an incel hero, not true, his status as a sexless loner who turns to violence, please, that is not the case. The true nature of the movie's appeal is actually broader. Here we go. It's an insidious validation of the white male resentment that helped bring President Donald Trump to power. Bravo, CNN op-ed. You have taken a movie about the Joker and turned it into white male resentment of validation of white male resentment helping Trump come to power. You've 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 taken so much and mashed it all together. I'm I'm truly impressed. Joker at its core is the story of the forgotten man. 
the metaphoric displaced and disenfranchised white man whose goodwill has been abused and whose status has been reduced, a man who has been crushed underfoot by the elite, dragged down by equality demanding feminists and climbed over by upstart non-white and immigrant masses. That is not in the movie at all. None of it. It's literally a dude. I'll tell you what, man, if anything motivated him, it's that he used to go to therapy and the city services get cut. And now he has no medication and no therapist, and he gets angry about it. And it's a factor that he brings up in the movie. What are they talking about? This is insane. This is the problem I have. It's like, dude, the guys, they did a clever mix of nihilism, left, right. You know, some people have said that Thomas Wayne could easily be, you know, a a right-wing industrialist billionaire mocking the poor, or it could be Hillary Clinton calling people deplorables. It could go either way. Now, I think it's fair to point out the protesters are very clearly left-wing, fine, they're not nihilists. They're demanding, you know, wealth equality. But this, this is like, if you watch that movie and this is what you got, you're nuts. I'm sorry, dude. You've lost it completely. Dragged down by equality demanding feminists. That's not, that's not in the movie. <laughs> Climbed over by upstart not What? Dude's a clown. He works with clowns. And then he goes and he, he kills some rich people. That's what happened. If anything, you can say it's what gave rise to the resentment that gave rise to Bernie Sanders. It's equally as absurd. It's a movie. Phillips clearly wants Joker to yank at the chains of a society that has increasingly found his shock fueled style of storytelling less relevant and more problematic. Are you joking, dude? It, bo- it broke a box office record. They're, they're finding the storytelling less relevant. Oh, I'm sorry, dude. When everybody showed up, sure. It's worth noting that since Phillips' breakthrough hit the hangover, his box office totals have trended downward in almost linear fashion, and now he's recovered it. How about that? This goal was made explicit in Phillips' attacks on the outrage culture of the far left and has extended. No, that was probably likely due to the media not shutting up and saying insane stuff like this. Joker at its core is a story of the forgotten man. Feminists aren't in the movie and neither are immigrants. That's just not in the movie. Okay, major spoiler. I'll try to keep it light. But at the end, in this great final joke, he directly references the shuttering of public services. I kid you not. (laughs) He directly references the shuttering of public services. And that's the finale. Like, that's the end. What did you watch? And even I'm willing to recognize he's a nihilist. He is not left wing. The protesters like what he's saying. They want to tear down the system. So yes, but what are you talking about? This is just like somebody, you know what I love? There was a tweet where the person said, I've just written my 13,000 word review of the Joker. I can't wait to go see it on Friday. Exactly. This dude did not see the movie. He's jumping on a trend. He read other articles. He's regurgitating a game of telephone of other articles he read. I really, really doubt he actually saw the movie. When did this article come out? What is this? This is from yesterday. Uh, okay, from yesterday. So yeah, maybe he did see it, but I don't believe it. If that's what he thinks, that's nuts. After watching Joker, it's easy to decode what Phillips really meant in his quote. And it's the same thing that fired SNL cast member Shane Gillis meant when he excused his repeated use of racist, misogynist, and homophobic slurs as pushing boundaries. It draws from the same well of resentment that Trump strums with his racist rhetoric at his rallies. This is just, they've lost the plot, man. <laughs> then he gets into Richard Nixon. <laughs> I love where we're at. Isn't it funny? You know, this is why so many people are using the symbol uh, of the Joker when referencing politics. Tell me this was not 
the uh, an onion article. Now, I, I kid you not. This is perfect. It's, it's so close to being an onion article. I, I, actually, r slash not the onion. Okay, on Reddit. Not the onion. He's actually talking about forgotten Americans in 1968's Richard Nixon. Trump in his 2016 victory speech. You people have lost it. It's the Joker. It is not the Trump. If the movie was called Trump and it's a guy with like, an or, like a wig and like an orange, you know, fake tan dancing. Sure, I get it if you wrote about that. But this is Batman. It is literally a comic book movie. You're making all this up and shoehorning in Donald Trump. This isn't the first time Phillips and Trump's worlds have collided. When his last film, War Dogs, came out, Phillips said in an interview with Little White Lies, also, also there's a thing going on right now where the world as a whole is waking up to the fact the system is rigged. It happens to be Trump's theme. Yeah, and, and, and it's Bernie Sanders. The DNC robbed Bernie. The media is biased against Bernie and Tulsi, and we get it. It is not about Trump. At the end of, at the, end of the movie, a triumphant fleck seemingly dead, but magically revived by the cheers of a throng of clown-masked riders. Does a grotesque soft shoe on the top of a shattered cop car, literally dancing on the destroyed remains of the rule of law. Imagine Fleck as Trump. Oh, no. <laughs> Shrugging off impeachment, rebounding with his roaring redheaded supporters, winning re-election against every prediction and probability. Phillips, this, this, I love it, man. You know, sometimes the stories are so insane, you just can't help but laugh. What, what, what did the Joker say? He's got that line. I used to think my life was a tragedy, but now I've realized it's a comedy. Yep. And that's the joke that everyone's making. That politics today isn't a tragedy. It's a comedy. This is hilarious. CNN actually published this. You are insane. <laughs> Stick around. I got one more segment coming up that's equally as absurd. Yeah, it's, it's getting bad out there. I'll see you in a few minutes. I must confess, I did not watch the latest episode of South Park, but boy, is it getting a lot of attention. You see, the episode mocks Disney, Hollywood, or whatever, uh, for catering to China by changing symbols and trying to make China happy. And I'll tell you what's really scary. It's not just Hollywood. Check this out. Vans faces Hong Kong boycott. Somebody wanted to make a shoe, and it looked like the Hong Kong protesters, and Vans removed, apparently this was, Vans removed it sparking outrage because you can design your own shoes. Vans siding with China. And how about this? The Taiwan flag emoji has disappeared from the latest iPhone keyboard for users in Hong Kong and Macau. Tech in these industries in our country are bending over backwards for China. That is not a world I want to live in. Look, China, you do you. I get it. But these companies, these U.S.-based industries are so desperate to get into China and sell products, they are bending over backwards. And here's what's scary. What happens when a company says, hey, why make two games? Just make one game that works for both places. You'll end up with us being negatively impacted by Chinese censorship. Well, South Park tackled that. And now South Park is scrubbed from the Chinese internet. Amazing, isn't it? Let's read this story from The Hollywood Reporter. After the, quote, banned in China episode, mocked Hollywood for shaping its content to please the Chinese government. Beijing has responded by deleting all clips, episodes, and discussions of the Comedy Central show. South Park creators Trey Parker and Matt Stone probably saw this coming and to their credit simply didn't care. Well, you know, when you've got FU money, you can, you can do this. You can just, <laughs> and, 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 and they're not super old, but they've done it. Their show's been on the air for a couple decades. They're famous, successful, and extremely wealthy. And so they gave a middle finger to China. The most recent episode of South Park, Banned in China, has been generating loads of media attention. 
for its sharp critique of the way Hollywood tends to shape its content to avoid offending Chinese government censors in any way whatsoever. Now those very same government censors in the real world have lashed back at South Park by deleting virtually every clip, episode, and online discussion of the show from Chinese streaming services, social media, and even fan pages. A cursory perusal through China's highly regulated internet landscape shows the show conspicuously absent everywhere it recently had a presence. A search of the Twitter-like social media service Weibo turns up not a single mention of South Park. What a, what a, what a glorious place to live in. And you know, all those saying that we shouldn't have free speech, they, and look, I get it. They're going to, no, they're going to say they do defend free speech. They don't defend free speech. I was going to do an impress, impersonation, but I got a little excited. No, what they're saying is that these big tech firms should have the ability to do what China does. Not interested in that. If I want to see somebody make fun of somebody, it's my choice. But this is where we're heading because there's lunatics on the left who want to censor everything. They say, uh, on streaming services like Yuku, owned by internet giant Alibaba, all links to clips, episodes, and even full seasons of the show are now dead. And on Baidu's uh, Teba, China's largest online discussion platform, the threads and subthreads related to South Park are non-functional. If users manually type in the URL for what was formerly the South Park thread, a message appears saying that according to the relevant law and regulation, the section is temporarily not open. What a nightmarish dystopia China is, man. I've been to Hong Kong. I've not, I, I, actually, no, no, I haven't been to Hong Kong. I was in the Hong Kong airport where I had a, had a meal. So the extent, of what I've, the extent to which I've ever been in China is that far. The draconian response is par for the course for China's authoritarian government, which has even been known to aggressively censor Winnie the Pooh because some local internet users had affectionately taken to comparing Chinese President Xi Jinping to the character. Let me tell you something, dudes, in China. If somehow you see this, all you got to do is like the OK symbol, right? Some, some people on a forum somewhere use the OK symbol in a certain way, and boom, there it is. Okay, look at the power you have in China. You make a, make a meme of Winnie the Pooh and they'll ban Winnie the Pooh. Okay, what else do you want banned? There you go. Just get it all banned. Make everything a symbol of, of, of mockery. Just do it. Just make like, I don't, I don't know, milk is racist, right? Make, make a milk meme so they got to remove milk from the internet or beef or pork. They say South Park's Band in China episode featured a pair of storylines critical of China. One involves Randy getting caught attempting to sell weed in China and getting sent to a work camp similar to those Beijing has been using in Xinjiang province to hold as many as a million Chinese Muslims for political indoctrination. While he's at the work camp, Randy runs into an imprisoned Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) A second plot follows Stan, Jimmy, Kenny and Butters forming a metal band which becomes popular and attracts the attention of a manager who wants to make a film about them. But the script keeps changing so that the film can be safely distributed in China. Now, I know how Hollywood writers feel, Stan says at one point, while a Chinese guard watches over him and alters his work while he writes the script. Several shots are also taken at Disney, including a scene where Mickey Mouse shows up to make sure all his employees, uh, other Marvel and Disney cartoon characters, play ball with the Chinese authorities. You got to lower your ideals of freedom if you want to suck on the warm teat of China. The episode's critique has proven especially timely in light of the controversy now swirling around the NBA on Sunday. Houston Rockets general manager Daryl Morey issued a tweet expressing his solidarity with Hong Kong's pro-democracy protesters. Although just a single tweet from just one among thousands of NBA figures, the message sparked a deluge of criticism in China where the Hong Kong protests have become a hot-button political issue, with Beijing's propaganda apparatus going into overdrive to shape local opinion of the movement as anarchistic 
and untethered to legitimate political grievances. Chinese broadcasters announced they would stop airing Rockets games and local sponsors pulled their funds from the team. Fearing financial implications, the Rockets and NBA have since retreated and disavowed Maury's comments in precisely the same way South Park satirized. We cannot, as a country, for any reason ever, bend to the, the will of Chinese censors. They are not our government. They can't tell us what to do. We have a right to free speech. We can insult whoever we want. China, you're insane. And I don't care. I don't live there. But you know what? Maybe a comment like that comes back for me. But I will stand in defiance. The, what is this? The, the Houston Rockets bending over for China? Please. You want to express your opinion? You want to support Hong Kong? You go ahead and do it. But the fact that you are so terrified of local sponsors pulling your funds and you want their money. So you're going to, you're going to, you're going to apologize. Get out of here. Go apologize to an authoritarian. What's the famous saying? Give me liberty or give me death. I will do what I want. And if you want to take that away, well, then I don't care. I don't care about your world and your, and, and, and this I'll leave. I'll leave. Okay. You do you, I do me. That's what I'm all about. So if they want to say, you can't say this. Okay. I'll go say it somewhere else. And, and if, and if we ever get to that point and, and we're, we're getting dangerously close here in the States, then I have no problem, as I've stated many, many times, taking my van down by the river, sitting up, going fishing, and just saying, you guys, you do, do you, and I'm alive, and I'm going to stare at the stars and enjoy myself. But it's insane. And you got to recognize how dangerous this is. Look at, look, at, look at this story with vans. People are now boycotting vans. So I guess, uh, apparently, they say uh, vans removed a shoe, alluding to the city's anti-government protests from a sneaker design competition. The company's decision to withdraw the proposed design was met with outrage on social media. This is why it's extremely dangerous that China gains power. Companies like Vans, you know what? I'm going I'm, I'm to say no to Vans right now. I, I actually own a, a comparison. Nah, I'm already buying a different brand anyway. And that's why I'm like, you know what? If Vans wants to bend over for China because they want that Chinese moolah, I don't want to give you moolah anyway. You don't get my money if you're more concerned about what an authoritarian communist government thinks, okay, because they're going to dish out the, the, the dollar bills. Think about how dangerous this is. Vans makes shoes. Somebody wants this Hong Kong protest shoe. Hey, very significant. Okay, let's do it. Ah, uh-uh, but China will ban all Vans everywhere. So think about it this way. If I made a Vans shoe here in, in, in uh, the United States, and it's like on the website and featured, China could say, get rid of that. Otherwise, we'll stop sh- selling your shoe here. Vans will do something to that effect. It sounds like that's what's happening, right? I-, I-, I should say, think about what the future will be like if this persists. If we enter a point now where a company starts in the U.S. with aspirations to make it to China, they are going to bend to the lowest common denominator. If the U.S. is free, great, we'll be free. But if China isn't, then we're going to do whatever China says because the U.S. doesn't care. I think we as Americans have to care. And we cannot accept this. Guess what? The Taiwanese flag exists, China. You can't take it away. And why is iPhone is getting rid of it? They're so desperate to sell their products in these countries. They're willing to violate our norms and our freedoms, or I, 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 like what we view to be rights. Let it be said that these companies have no allegiance to true civil rights or what people actually believe in. Whenever they want to come out and claim to be doing activist stuff, they're, they're full of it. So props to South Park and, hey, Comedy Central for actually airing this episode. The iPhone doesn't care about what's right for people. Apple doesn't. Vans doesn't care about what's right for people. What's right for people is the right to express yourself and to challenge the authorities that are oppressing you. Now, I know there are a lot of people on the left who would say, hey, what about the oppressors here in the U.S.? Right? By all means, protest. 100%. 
If you want to, if you if you want an Antifa flag emoji on iPhone, hey, I think that's a great idea. Go ahead and do it. Okay, it's when you start attacking people, you've crossed the line. People have a right to express themselves. You want to make a Vans Antifa shoe? I seriously don't care. I'm not going to buy it. You buy it. Congratulations. Go go for it. We don't do that in the U.S. You're allowed to express yourself. But if these companies are going to bend over to to, to do whatever China says, it's going to get really bad really fast. I'll tell you that because you'll see every company start doing this. Hey, man, what if we sell a candy bar and it somehow might make its way to China? Ah, it's a big market. Don't want to infringe. Don't want to don't want to shrink our market. Let's 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 cater to the Chinese Communist Party. Not interested. Anyway, I'll wrap it up there. Stick around. Next segment will be tomorrow at 10 a.m. Podcast at 630. I'll see you all next time.